about a year and a half. I met Ray at uh, BB World in Vegas last year, and uh, I was able to spend a, a pretty good engaging, I think, 20 minutes talking about a whole host of things, but I was able to sneak in the, hey, what about you being the keynote at our conference next year? And uh, he graciously agreed. Uh, we've been emailing probably for the last year, reminders, I think it's okay, I'm sure I'm going to be there, I'm not sure, what am I going to do? Um, and as he pointed out yesterday, I thank the board of Blackboard for not scheduling the board meeting uh, over these uh, next couple of days. So um, I want to say thank you, Ray, for, for being here. Um, and with that, folks, let's please welcome Ray Henderson, President of Blackboard Lunch. So thank you, everyone, um, and uh, and again, hi to everyone who's following along online, uh, and, uh, and 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 also Ken, thanks for the the, the gracious introduction and very very kind. Um, and so uh, so let's see. So uh, you know, first of all, today what I'm going to talk about here, uh, you know, if you've heard me speak before, there are some common themes that you can expect to hear, uh, you know, during the talk and. But the, what, I've, what I've got for you today is actually something that I've never quite done, um, and uh, I think it's going to take us in the, you know, 45, 50-minute, you know, type of a time frame. And we'll, I'll, I'll ask to hold questions until the end. We'll take some questions here, and then we did, we do have an overflow room, you know, uh, uh, next door that we'll go to thereafter. And, and there's a number of people that are here, both from Blackboard and also some of our key partners. And that's actually one of the stronger themes in the talk today is the, the value and importance of some of the, the partnerships that we've got. You know, and uh, the importance of, of them as we try to you know, solve some of the larger problems in the industry. And uh, so anyhow, so looking forward to it. And again, thank you all for, for having me here. I'll also just note for perspective, you know, this is, uh, I don't know what, no, this is probably the sixth or seventh uh, regional users conference for Blackboard that I've spoken at. I, I, I love doing it and love seeing, uh, uh, you know, the different character uh, that you see here versus, say, the larger environment at Blackboard World with, you know, it's, it's it's hip hop music and uh, uh, you know two, two thousand people and whatnot. But that, uh, I have to say, for perspective on this, this is this is one of the conferences that people inside Blackboard talk about as being uh, a very very uh, important for us to attend. Uh, in particular, the sessions that are led by clients here. Uh, the number of times that I have heard directly after a, a presentation. You know, that one of you have made at Slate about a particular use of the product or a particular problem that, 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 that you're having or the, the focus that this organization you know, has brought. It's been, it's been it, it, it just know that this is a, this is a very well-respected you know, organization and, uh, and also one of the largest collections of uh, Blackboard users that we have around the country. So thank you for assembling yourselves. So um, let's see here. So, Don't you just love it when your demo, your technology? Uh, oh, this is uh, this is this is a rare. The Macintosh is not uh, is not responsive. Pardon me here for a second while I. This is why we have the desktop. Hey. You know, there, there, there's doubtless. Oh, that was cold blooded. You know, the machine is just turned off. Uh, <clears throat> somebody have another laptop I can borrow? Can you? Uh, or that 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 one? I can just put it on.
Oh, here. Oh, do you? Oh, it's a different one for this machine. Hey, okay. So I hope I have now earned your sympathy <laughs> as we begin here. Um, and uh, so, <clears throat> how embarrassing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know it. I know it. It's been a few years since I had the, the whole laptop go on me, though. But you know, anyhow. So let's see. So uh, first of all, I, I'll, I'll get started. I, you know, those of you who've seen me talk before know that, you know, I have a, I have a, a, you know, someone that I often invoke, and that's John Wooden. You know, John Wooden. You know, famous basketball coach, NCAA. You know, just a huge record setter. Uh, you know, I, you know, I was inspired as I walked by the. You know, the, the, the wall of fame and saw all the Nobel laureates that have passed through this institution. You, know, you think about the number of records that John Wooden holds on the NCAA, and it's a similarly impressive thing. You know, John Wooden, he really inspires me as a manager um, because of his intensive focus. And he, he, is, he is someone who constantly formulates you know, stories about the importance of fundamentals and that, uh, and that whatever, you know, whatever situation that you confront in business, you know, the, the importance of getting the fundamentals right and, and, and building trust with the community that you're in, you know, and, and just the value of that focus is just, uh, uh, I have personally found that that has, has been, you know, a great answer to many of the hardest problems that I've faced in business. You know, and so the story about so much of what we've done at Blackboard over the course of the time that I've been there, I have been hyper-focused on those fundamentals. So, and what I mean by that are things like, um, uh, I'll start with the support organization and the quality of the experience that you have with our support organization. And this is something that, you know, again, I have not been bashful about offering commentary about how that was a few years ago uh, when I arrived at this organization. And I have, I have said a lot about the importance of the investment that we would, you know, apply there. And, and I think this is one where you all have, have, uh, have spoken about uh, in, 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 the, in the surveys that we've sent out to you about your, your, your views of Blackboard and how we're evolving, I'm very pleased to share that, that consistently the area that you rank us as improving and, and having better focus is around the support and the support experience. The, the time to resolution for issues has improved dramatically at Blackboard in this period of time. Tony Mandero, are you, are you still here with Tony? Tony, can you stand up, please? So this man, Tony Mandero, and his merry band of support people you know, back in D.C. And, 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 and also just around the planet because we really do have, we have an expression called follow the sun and we are investing in putting support people you know, all, in, in, in support centers all over uh, and, and, and most recently we've got another Eastern European uh, uh, support center that we're opening up so that we can follow problems and we can hand off problems at the end of shifts and make sure that we you know, provide service to our clients. But Tony here has been a major architect of that change at Blackboard. You know, so those of you who don't know Tony, I, he's somebody I encourage you to get to know. So anyhow, now related to that, one of the biggest problems that any enterprise software company faces, and certainly something that's a very important problem at Blackboard, is the issue of change management. You know, one of the things I say when people ask me about competition, I say, we often, the, the most important competition we have is often against our own product, just the older versions of our product. You know, uh, our older versions are in more use than any other uh, uh, learning management system software. You know, and so one of, the, one of the issues that we confront there, we know that we have to bring people to, you know, the latest software where we're, we're delivering uh, on, on, on other fundamentals about product quality and about extending the platform to solve what are newly emerging problems, things like collaboration and, 
and, and what's happening with mobile devices out there. But to, to succeed in getting there, we know that we have to build the organization, the, the support services and the systems that, that, that drive your trust and our ability, along with your own, to change to higher levels. You know, so I was very, very pleased last week to announce at Educause that we have now reached this major milestone for us as a company, and, and we now have a 1,000 of our clients using the NG platform in production. 700 of you made that change in this year. Now, that is, I've been bouncing around the halls of Educause and in this, you know, educational technology, you know, arena for a long time. I have never seen personally a, 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 a migration of that scope that's happened any place I've been. Um, I'm not aware of something of that magnitude that's happened in the industry. And so, uh, and, and the, the best thing about this for me at Blackboard is that while that huge change happened, you know, and, and we, and, and in the midst of that, you know, those of you, I don't know, many of you here who, who are from the WebCT community as well, we saw that for the first time we saw a very large change in what happened in the WebCT community, and we are really delivering on that promise of, of, of making a platform that is an attractive combination of both of these technologies, and there's more belief in uh, us taking the inspiration uh, from the best features of WebCT and delivering on those, more belief in the support we have for change during that time period, which is also just absolutely record-setting in the support inbound that went to the, the desk that Mr. Mondero over here manages, we delivered the best measured service levels that we have delivered as a company, and your, and also the highest level of, of, of client satisfaction that has been measured at Blackboard. So to have that happen all together, that to me tells me we're doing something right. Now, we're hardly declaring victory on this, but we're doing something right, and, and so, you know, I'll just say a tip of the hat to Mr. Wooden for keeping us focused on those fundamentals and know that, that we're not giving up on that. So, anyhow, and thank you all for those of you who have made that change with us. Now, again, I, I you know, I, I, I put out a blog post on this. I think it will hit today, but, you know, know that, that you know, that of course, in any change of that magnitude, we know there are tales of woe that have happened in there, and, and while we've been very responsive, you know, again, no, no declaration of victory. We've got more things to solve there, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm just quite pleased with, you know, that result uh, at Blackboard. So another thing that I'm, you know, really quite pleased with uh, uh, in, in the uptake and the embrace that we've gotten, you know, sometimes you make changes to the company around culture. Sometimes you make changes in product features. Other times you make changes in policy. There's a very important policy change that we made uh, uh, that we announced for NG you know, at Blackboard World last year, and then this, uh, in 2009, and then in 2010, we actually delivered on the promise here. And the promise was around uh, really the treatment of the, the, the user data that you have in your, your Blackboard systems. And what we said was that we believed that the data in Blackboard is your own, and that uh, uh, we're taking a different view of our obligations uh, with regard to that, and, and that our obligations are to protect that data and to provide the best security that we can for it, and also to make sure that you have better access to it so that you can take advantage of this. You know, and again, we're seeing, we know that this future holds for all of us a greater focus on analytics and about looking at, uh, you know, uh, the data that we have around student behavior and student performance so that we can measure the effectiveness of, you know, our, our, our organizations and our approach to delivering learning. You know, so this was wrapped up in a program and we announced for NG that we would open the database and that we would provide uh, better documentation and better tools so that that data can be used more effectively uh, by all of you. And so I think this had a, a material effect on the rate of transition to, you know, our 9.1 platform. Uh, and I'm happy to say that just about 400 of our clients, you know, who've made that migration are actually taking advantage of the open database. You know, the other thing about it as a business, I know there have been times when we've gotten some constructive criticism about our contractual process and just doing work with, you know, with Blackboard, and that's another thing we're trying to look at that experience comprehensively. And this is an area where I'm just, I'm, again, I'm, I'm quite pleased with, you know, what we've done as a company in this area. We made a very simple click-through agreement behind the Blackboard. You click through it. It modifies the understanding that you have with Blackboard around the use of uh, uh, this technology. There's no, uh, again, a very, very low barrier to, 
to getting access to uh, the, the full schema for our database, you know, and also other sets of tools and documentation about how to take advantage you know, of, of the Open Database Initiative. And uh, also very pleased that members of the community have begun, uh, you know, we have leaders that are emerging in the community that are starting to help others understand, you know, how to take better advantage of this. So uh, I think important new direction for us. So another new initiative that I'll just sort of pre-announce here, I, I spoke briefly about it last week at Educause, it's something that you can expect to hear a lot from us in the month of December 2010. We're about to launch a program called Course Sites. And what this is, you know, again, the, whoops, I, I, I hit, there we go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get this right eventually. You hang in there with me. The, uh, you know, so our free state-of-the-art learning environment. So there's a couple of things that we're doing here, but the, the essence of this is we have a 9.1 instance in the cloud, nationally hosted, fully supported, that will be available free to any individual educator at a nonprofit institution that wants to put up a Blackboard course site. There will also be other things that we will be doing beyond just 9.1 in that environment uh, that will also be around making sure that the best technology at Blackboard is available with fewer barriers to entry for those who would like to experiment with it or to, uh, or to use it in a pilot phase. Two reasons that we're doing this. First, think about, you know, there's been a lot said around, you know, open source and about the ease of using open source and particularly those who are sort of new to this type of technology. You know, as we look at that and say, you know, hey, what are the barriers to those who are interested in, in learning management technology in, in using you know, some of the other products they can download and run from their laptop versus, you know, Blackboard and that experience? There are places where, you know, we, we just have higher obstacles, you know, for that type of user. And that, 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 that's probably a bit more like uh, in the K-12 arena or also internationally in higher education. So we're working to remove those barriers for those who would like to experiment at, again, single course at a time, not an enterprise type of an application. The other thing, and I'll go back to that issue that I raised earlier about the importance of change management and, and, and how hard that is for you. You know, again, when we, when we compete with our own product uh, and, and, and when we know that there's a significant burden for, uh, uh, for those who are using Blackboard to try to institute pilot programs. You know, if you want to have people who can who use the latest technology, this is another important you know, contribution to this community that we're trying to make is to give you an environment where you can count on having, you know, a pilot program that works on our latest technology, you know, and also which is just with no barrier to you and no expense to you for having to set it up. Now, it's not going to deliver its data to your shared database and, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, we're, we're trying to expand the number of options so that those who are interested in going through that change with us can, can do so more effectively. So a lot more coming on that topic. Okay. And then major theme for me today, you know, digital content. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, this uh, uh, you know, digital content in various forms have been talked about for a long time in this industry, you know, e-books in particular. I mean, the, the, you know, having kind of grown up in the publishing industry, I don't know how many times the e-book question has come up, but it seems like there's been at least sort of three waves of, you know, e-book uh, uh, memes arriving and, you know, each time they sort of land on the beach and, you know, they haven't been picked up. You know, so I'm going to take the great risk of, of saying that, you know, I, I do believe things are different now. Uh, and I, I really think that there, we're at an inflection point for digital content uh, and the right combination of interests, the right combination of economics, and the right combination of technology and both, both, both software and the consumer hardware uh, arriving. I think it's just a very different cocktail of these things that have arrived. And, and to me, I can now say, look, it, it, it doesn't even feel like any stretch at all to say this decade will end. We will be fundamentally in a different place with regard to how content is consumed by learners at the end of this decade. You know, and uh, I, I really think, like, right now, the digital content, it might, it's certainly less than 5% of digital content that's sold or, or so, is sold into the traditional learning context, you know, and at the end of this decade, I am confident that it is going to reverse and it is going to be overwhelmingly the, the most consumed type of content. Now, I've got some publishers in the room here who, you know, have, have some thoughts on this topic as well, but, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm going out on my limb. So you've heard it here in 10 years from now, or nine and a half, you can come back. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll eat crow in some way. You know, but, uh, but again, the, to me, you know, there's, a, there's just such a range of issues. And, and I think Blackboard has an important role in trying to help solve some of those problems because the benefits of digital content to learning, I think, are really great. So I'll, I'll, I thought I'd just uh, sort of revisit some of the things that we've announced in the course of the past six months and try to help you understand a bit about what our strategy and direction is here. So first of all, on the, uh, on the far left, we'll just have, again, I'm talking about um, electronic books, digital texts. Here's what's different to me about this, you know, this time. First of all, you know, you look at the two brands that we have there that are key partners for Blackboard, Barnes & Noble and Follett. Um, you know, if you look at prior years uh, or prior uh, uh, waves of this type of technology, you did not see brands of this magnitude where it was mission critical for them to deliver on this for their businesses. You know, and nor did you see, you saw a lot of startup companies that were out trying to build new relationships and, you know, having witnessed several of those, uh, um, uh, you know, attempts at starting up in that area, you know, trying to, you know, tell, you know, textbook publishers that they should join in an iTunes-like uh, uh, disintermediation, you know, was just not a very successful thing and it didn't go very far. But these are companies that have just a lot more skin in the game and the quality of their relationships and, and their distribution is great. The other thing is, you know, as far as thinking about the, 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 the footprint they have on American, in particular, academia, look, it is, I think it's something like 70% of North America higher education institutions are partnered either with Follett or Barnes and Noble, you know, and the, the the business relationships they have and the participation and revenue that they have, you know, is something that they are now carrying into uh, uh, their new product offerings. So that again, one of the other fundamental conflicts about business model, it, it, I think we're, we're going to look at that differently, and there are more favorable economics for the the, the people who are the, the entrenched players here. So I think it's a a, a great change. You know, and again, the, the, the benefits of convenience are arriving. Uh, the, the size of the libraries that both of these two firms have brought forward are substantially all of the textbooks, the, the most popular textbooks, you know, in use. And I think that's, a, again, you know, one of the key barriers in some of the prior models. So I'll show a couple of pictures uh, uh, from their, you know, approaches in just a moment. But the other, uh, in the center column here, text and tools, moving beyond just uh, uh, the, the online text and into an area that includes uh, more than that. And, and, and when I say tools, I'll say specifically assessment uh, as a type of tool. Now, again, and I've got some pictures that I'll show from that, but you know, I think this is one where you know, many of you have observed that publishers have been creating cloud-based services in addition to their online text and they've got specialized assessment in particular, those have been very high value, and I think they're only going to rise. You know, we as a, an educa educational technology purveyor, we can create generic tools for creating assessments, but that's just very different than when you've got a, you know, a publisher who has, you know, a multi-million dollar presence in a particular discipline that wants to have a very tightly crafted assessment. You know, they can, they can just spend uh, so much more and with such greater fidelity that really the thing we'd like to do is to blend the best of what they're able to do and what you're able to do or your, 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 your internal clients are able to do. We want to blend that in, in, in a way that takes away a lot of the administrative pain to that blend. And that's really the key thing that we're doing in our new relationship with McGraw-Hill. Now, I've got a couple of guys from McGraw-Hill. You guys want to you know, give a little wave here. They'll, they'll, also be, they'll also be available after the talk uh, uh, along with me to talk about what we're doing here. But I'm going to give you a, a pretty good screen walkthrough of what we're doing there because I think we just solved a lot of problems. And then finally, you know, beyond just the, the content, you know, there's a, an announcement that we made last week at Educause about a new relationship with K-12 Inc., uh, you know, a, a major brand in, in, in the K-12 remediation and developmental studies area. And I'll come back to that after I've uh, talked a little bit more about these products and explain what we're trying to do there. So back to ebooks. And so this is the Barnes and Noble. Uh, now they announced yesterday a major relationship with Walmart that their uh, uh, their Nook Reader is going to be carried in all Walmart stores. And they've also so in the in the higher education space they've got Nook Study, which is a a cloud-based uh, 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 you know delivery of 
online content. And, and again, what you see with this is you get the combination of both the page facsimile, I want to know exactly what page you know, this assignment is on so I can follow along with those who are using the print copy, but you also see the beginnings of really looking at the content as software, you know, as data. And so you've got the ability to search it and sort it and highlight it and leave your own imprint over the top of it, uh, which again I think is the beginning of something, you know, very important about the changed usage model and responding to, you know, what today's students expect to do with the content that they purchase. And <clears throat> excuse me, and so here we have also just a, a, a you know, Follette, and they have a, their product is called Cafe Scribe. And, and, and so I've got a spread here open, and you can see similarly uh, the ability to highlight text, uh, you know, just like we saw in the Nook study program. But the thing I've put a red rectangle around on the left, you know, I think also represents a very interesting new area, and that is beginning to have interactive dialogue between the users of that content with each other about what that content's about. You know, and so this is something that working with us, the way we've been able to introduce both of these technologies, it's also importantly for the, uh, for the faculty workflow of choosing the textbook. We have got that integrated directly into Blackboard and also making assignments uh, in the textbook. We've integrated that into Blackboard and these texts are about 40% off of the retail. And so the problems of price, the problems of convenience, we're really working on those together with these two players. Okay, so I'm going to come back to the McGraw-Hill relationship, which I described again as text and tools. And the key thing about this is the depth of the integration. Now, I mentioned some things about these other two products that suggest a deeper integration. But the, the, what we've done with McGraw-Hill is the deepest integration we have ever done uh, with any uh, content provider. And so <clears throat> before I, I, I walk through a couple of screens, I just also want to mention uh, we're looking at you know, Blackboard uh, NG 9.1 here, and we see uh, evidence that a building block has been installed for McGraw-Hill. Now, we will be shipping a McGraw-Hill building block out with, uh, uh, you know, in a subsequent service pack you know, of the 9.1 product. And we've also announced we're going to do this for some other versions of the software. But the, the key thing is the administrative burden on this, the system administrative burden on this is install the building, building block, check, make sure that it's on, and everything that happens from this screen forward does not involve any dialogue between faculty and system administrator, which has been really one of the impediments for you know, the large-scale growth of this uh, uh, type of integration in the past. So I, I, I'm an instructor. I see my McGraw-Hill item. I, I click my link. I am asked. You know, I have, I have my simultaneous accounts. I have an account with the publisher in their cloud service. In McGraw-Hill's case, uh, this is, uh, their brand for this is called Connect. You know, I enter my credential for, uh, from within my course. I just click this link, and I enter my credential for Connect. And the next thing that happens is I'm shown the series of courses that I have also built on Connect. And I am here, I'm, what I'm trying to do is link a course in my local instance of Blackboard to a nationally delivered instance of McGraw-Hill's Connect product. So I choose my text, and then the next thing I see is this friendly screen that tells me I have succeeded in linking those two things together. And from that point forward, that's all the administrative work that has to be done, okay? So the next thing that I will see, when I return to my course and I pull down the Create Assessment, there will now be a McGraw-Hill uh, type that appears on this menu. And if I go further into this, the next screen I see, which is identical to how I would normally look at you know, the, the workflow of creating an assessment or an assignment, I see content that's actually been served up uh, uh, from the McGraw-Hill servers directly into my uh, Blackboard environment in a way that looks identical to how it would look if I had authored that content myself natively. Okay? And then here is an example. When I mentioned before, you know, the difference in tools and, uh, and, and assessments in particular, you know, so here we're looking at something that's a, just, a, just a favorite for me, which is we're looking at cell biology here, a little cell biology example, and I think this is a, 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 gives you a really good sense for how different it is when you have professionally created assessments versus what you can do in a generic authoring tool. 
you know, and so sometimes we get pressure to make the authoring tools better, and I just want to say there's just fundamentally a limit to what we can do to create something that is rich enough to do this. And so, of course, this is created in a very purpose-built, you know, and again, you get your drag and drop, uh, uh, you know, assignment, a, a great interactive assignment for the students who are looking at this. You know, the other thing that I'll mention about this is in the McGraw-Hill Connect product, they have their own ebook that's integrated into this. Anyone who's a subscriber to that product can get it. I, with a click, I can bring up directly into the text right over the assessment that I'm working on, you know, to get that remediation. You know, and then when I've completed the assignment, and here's just the best part, the result that is on the nationally hosted McGraw-Hill server for this self-assessment flows directly into the gradebook and into the column, you know, for the assignment that you're looking for. And again, this is something that, you know, the, well, there have been a variety of approaches to how this has happened in the past that usually involve, you know, downloading and uploading. And, you know, uh, for those of you who support, you know, faculty, you know that this has been uh, a royal pain, right? And so, uh, and, and now even better, and this is something that I think speaks to, you know, uh, the direction from Blackboard. You know, I, I, you've heard me talk about the importance of open standards and about our commitment to using those when we can. The best thing about this to me, we are using a brand new open standard for education called Learning Tool Interoperability. It's a companion, uh, it's a companion standard to the Common Cartridge Standard uh, from the IMS Global, and this relies totally on that open standard. So the approach that we're taking here, you know, I think, again, it's, there's, there's some important questions that, you know, as this digital content, uh, you know, uh, well, I'll, I'll use the word revolution with an asterisk next to it, it, it begins, you know, and as content really becomes software, there's a series of questions that I think educators are going to have to ask themselves that you know, are sort of reminiscent of the early decade for learning management. So it's just like, you know, so we've got a relationship between the learning environment and the learning content. And there's a question, are you going to purchase both of those in some combination that is proprietary, or are you going to purchase a platform that works in a very open way, you know, that relies on open standards and, and, and brings in a multiplicity of publishers and, and sources of content? You know, and I think this is something that it really is about these things both blending in and becoming software. And so there's a variety of approaches that are being taken, uh, you know, as this is happening around us in the industry. And I think it really is begging some pretty fundamental questions. You know, but we're declaring, you know, and our declaration is about making sure that we, we're going to try to lead this in, in, in removing the impediments to adoption to digital content and also try to lead this on how open we can be you know, and how inviting we can you know, make our environment uh, uh, for, for the rapid adoption of this content. So anyhow, so important new stuff for us. Now, earlier, I just sort of keyed up, you know, um, um, you know mention of a partnership that we announced last week with K-12 Inc. Now, some of you may not know this brand, and it certainly, it, it, I mean, it, it's been in the K-12 space, but the, the thing that uh, you think it's interesting, there's a series of statistics that were offered and discussed much last week at Educause about the state of what are variously called remedial courses or what, what I refer to as developmental studies courses in the, in the two-year and four-year state schools. And so the, the, the statistic that was brought out, and I think it was also echoed again in the, either the Conical or Inside Higher Ed this morning, is that 75% of incoming students require a minimum of one developmental studies or remedial course, and that it's something, approaching half of them really need two. You know, and so this is your developmental math, your developmental English, and developmental writing. These are, these are really a different category of problem for the academy today. You know, and the, and the, the, the use of our technology there has been, uh, uh, certainly it, it, we've had a lot of promise about the use of online technology to try to help with that problem, but we, we look at this and we just constantly hear about the size and scope of this problem. The thing that was attractive to us about a partnership with K-12, K-12 has been working this problem in the high schools. And, and so they've, they've also, the approach that they've been taking and, and, the, and, the, and the hurdles that they've had to get over are, you know, this is in one of the most highly regulated environments where they've got to have students who come out of what is a, an online program, 
you know, and be tested with the students who are, who are also exiting the brick and mortar schools. And they're, so they have a, uh, uh, their content and their approach has been very highly tested, lots of trial by fire out there to confirm that it actually works. And so the majority of the states are now, uh, they're, they're, there's, there's instances of K-12 in, the, in those high schools uh, that have been, you know, highly successful programs. And, and the content and the outcomes that they're hoping to achieve are the same as the ones that we have for these incoming developmental or remedial courses. I mean, after all, they are remedial. They are really high school content. The other thing about it is, you know, and, and the very interesting part about it is the, the problem that's often pointed to about these developmental studies programs is just the student need. Some of the students are exiting a traditional high school program and they have a they're anxious to get on to a course of study that requires them to try to get that in over the summer. Others are less traditional students and returning with different time frames. And, and so one of the things about K-12 that, that, that we're, we're, we were quite impressed with is they have dynamically schedulable content. They can take the same course of study and they can deliver it up in an eight-week uh, 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 arrangement or a 20-week arrangement. They also bring along with that the type of instruction that supports students that are purely online learners and going at their own pace in these ways. You know, and so the partnership that we've just announced is to say that we are going to, and, and, and also I, I failed to mention this before, they built this all on Blackboard already. Okay? So this has been out there. It's been highly successful in this environment. So the partnership we've announced is that we are going to, uh, via, via our partnership with K-12, we're going to bring this in and we're going to create a new offering that's not just content, but curriculum, instruction, support, services, platform, really a much larger uh, uh, type of relationship than we've had you know, in the past in this area. So uh, next steps for us that we've announced are we are beginning focus grouping on this to, to really design that offering you know, and, and if there's anyone in the audience here that would like to participate in that, you know, see me after, drop me a quick email, ray at, at blackboard.com, you know, and, but we are actively recruiting membership, you know, into our focus grouping, you know, for that right now. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to switch gears a bit here. Rather than talking about major new initiatives at Blackboard, I'm going to talk about product and product roadmap. So a couple of areas of product roadmap that I think you might find some interest in. Uh, and, uh, you know, also see uh, Mike's nearby. So I've got Mike Strauss here, who's a, uh, a member of our product management team, uh, and he uh, oversees our content management product. I'm going to ask him to come up and say a few words in a moment. But one of the things that is just as far as a theme, you know, for where we're going with the Learn platform, you know, as 9.1 continues to, you know, go through its evolution, you know, there, there's, there's really a story here. The narrative is it, it's going to be less about inventing new features out of whole cloth and much more about the refinement of the existing features. You know, so I think I can't remember who it was who said that uh, uh, the learning management system market is a mature market but with immature products. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know quite how to take that, but I have to say that there's certainly a ring of truth to that. You know, and, 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 and as far as how we are looking at, 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 at particularly what we're doing with, you know, the learning management system platform is there's just so much of a need for refinement um, and, and polish and, and, and rather than just inventing, you know, a completely new thing. So that, that the proportion of time we are spending on that polish and on usability studies and directly incorporating things that just assist in the speed the efficiency or the delight, as the, our user interface team likes to think of that, uh, is, is much higher proportion of that you know, going forward. So, but a major theme for us is really looking at faculty time uh, and, and, and efficiency in particular. You know, it, it is not lost on us that the, the biggest expense in delivering education is faculty time. And so, you know, uh, one of our mantras is trying to help you manage that, that very expensive and important asset better. So, uh, uh, one of the things that we are doing here is a rubrics are a way to enforce consistency, you know, and also bring speed. Uh, we know that we introduced rubrics in, in, in our 9.0 version. What's coming from us now is a version of rubrics that's more time efficient. So you fill out the rubric and you can simply click on it and, and assign, you know, point values to it that way. And we think we've taken a lot of time, you know, out of that, uh, you know, that, that, that step. 
Uh, and then, uh, sorry, I, m I missed a, I, m I missed one, you know, item here. But the other thing I'll just mention, you know, also just in that grading workflow, which is a really key area of concentration for us. Uh, what happens when there's a mistake on the uh, on the on the answer key for a multiple choice question? The, the famous regrade uh, workflow. You know, this happens in something like 20% of the cases. And when you have a mistake and you need to go back and address it. That is a very time-consuming problem. That's one of the most difficult things to try to support, you know, for Tony and his team. So another thing that we've done there is we've created a wizard that we will be shipping, you know, soon that is uh, really about helping, assisting in going back through that regrade, allowing you to change the answer and then determine what would you like to do based on that, that change. Would you like to just regrade and just remove that question that where the answer key was wrong, just remove it from everyone's score? Would you like to score it again using the new answer? You know, whatnot, and, and, and we'll, we'll help people really do that in a, in a more automated way. So anyhow, so I'm going to pause. There's a, another, another focus area for us is content management, and it's just a very important area, particularly as we are, you know, as an industry moving towards, uh, you know, learning outcomes approaches, you know, and I'm going to let uh, Mr. Strauss here say a few words about what we're doing in content management. Thank you, Ray. So continuing down the theme of instructor efficiency, uh, with content management today, or content system as it's commonly referred to as well, we have the ability to centrally manage, share, and reuse content and courses, uh, making the linking multiple courses to one piece of content and making the updating of that centrally versus updating multiple courses, easily reusing content year after year. Unfortunately, today, this is limited to files, to this unstructured file-based content. And we really want to expand this in, into true learning object repository functionality and be able to manage not just uh, the unstructured file-based learning objects, but structured learning objects and Blackboard-specific structured content, such as assessments, so that you can centrally manage tests, quizzes, questions, assessments, assignments, all this centrally, really saving efficiency, being able to reuse it, as well as be able to very easily scale up and quality curriculum and enforce best practices across your curriculum. Another area around efficiency is around desktop integration. Our content management clients really love the, the web dev functionality that we've had, and it's been a big piece of why people have found it to be a very efficient way to work with their content. The fact that from the desktop, they can use their familiar desktop tools, such as Microsoft Office, edit a PowerPoint or a Word document, save it back, and have that immediately be reflected in their courses. Unfortunately, today we rely on third-party technology on the client side to make this work. Microsoft Windows has built-in web folders technology. Mac OS X has its own built-in web dev technology. And unfortunately, this technology, relying on this technology does not allow us to give the seamless and reliable experience that we'd really like to give. Um, we're looking to leverage technology from the Zythos acquisition to provide a much more seamless and integrated experience between the desktop and the web-based interface, to give you a more reliable editing experience, being able to work with native desktop tools such as Word or PowerPoint to edit content, have it immediately be reflected in the courses to link to that content, and really a better integrated experience with that web-based UI so that right from the web interface, I can take a document I want to edit or a PowerPoint presentation I want to edit open to edit it in the native tool, edit it, and save it right back to the server that's immediately reflected in those courses. A much more efficient and familiar experience, as well as from the desktop being able to easily get back into the web interface to manage or edit properties of a particular file. Yeah. Turn it back over to Ray. Thanks, Mike. Um, see, so, um, in addition to you know, working on these problems of you know content management and you know, issues of scale, there's a, a couple of other things that I thought I'd just raise that you know I think are important problems to solve. Uh, and one of them is you know these complex uh, uh, you know the course offerings here. I've got this you know sort of cross section of what is uh, you know commonly you know one of the most difficult problems for our clients to face in managing you know their Blackboard instances. And this is the case where you've got the biology course that might have many sections. Okay, and how do you blend all of those together and potentially, you know, have content that's a little bit different for one section uh, than it is for another and people working at slightly different paces and whatnot and still managing a shared gradebook 
you know, easily without having to log into each of those, you know, courses. You know, and also the problem that we call, you know, cross-listing, where you may have a course that is both Gen Ed 101 and Biology 101. These, these two problems together, uh, you know, uh, I, they have a very large footprint on, you know, every semester startup and, you know, both for us and also we know for you and how you, uh, you know, train your faculty and whatnot. So we've created some, you know, sort of spot, you know, solutions there and some tools. We've had a separately licensed, you know, uh, multi-course tool. And I'm happy to say we are now fixing this problem persuasively. There will not be a separate tool. It will be included in the cost of the standard Blackboard version, you know, for everyone going forward. And this will appear, you know, in, in 2011. And a similar sort of thorny problem, you know, has really been around, you know, what, what we call institutional hierarchy. You know, we know that the institutions out there, there are many of them that, you know, are using Blackboard, say, at a University of Chicago type of an organization where you have a business school and a medical school and a nursing school and a dental school and, you know, uh, uh, other colleges. And everyone wants to use their instance slightly differently. They want to sustain or maintain branding slightly differently. And, and also, they have different administrators whom they, they would like to cordon off data uh, so that, uh, uh, that, you know, just for in, in keeping with, you know, practices around security and whatnot. You know, it's also in, you know, the number of times that we hear we have a Blackboard administrator for one college who is also a student in another, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a highly rising one. We, we, we love that, but it does present, you know, problems, you know, for those locally. So, uh, and, and then there, there's, there's one other problem that, that often comes up too, and this is around particularly as we are driving on the openness side, and, and, and continuing to try to build out our APIs and support building blocks, well, one school wants to install a building block, you know, the building blocks that should be present and available to faculty in the business school might be wholly different than those that should be present and available in the nursing school. And in particular, as you're working with our partners, you may, you know, the, the licensing discussions that are underway there with our partners, you know, they, they very realistically want to know about the scope of of use of, of a particular product that they're that they're delivering to you as a building block, and so we're trying to work on all of these problems together. And in short, what we're doing is building a tool that allows you to model your institutional hierarchy and then actively cordon those things off and define them differently at different nodes, you know, on that tree. You know, uh, so it will be possible to define an administrator for the business school who has utterly no access to any uh, of the other student content, you know, and similarly uh, where you can install a building block just for one particular school and to not have it be visible or accessible, you know, to others. So a uh, much greater range of choice in how you're, and, and I think a, a stronger support for how you run your businesses. Whoops. So um, a couple of other areas I want to talk about here, and uh, I'm going to speed up just a little bit. So in the mobile area, You've heard a lot from us this past year about mobile as we are trying to rally and support uh, uh, what is a major change in how students are, are, are consuming online information. I mean, the presence of the smartphone and the demand that they're placing on you know, your institutions are high. There, there's really just a, and this is a bit more of a reminder, there are really two things that we've done. A year ago, we announced a product called uh, Blackboard Mobile Central. And this is really a product around supporting a mobile strategy at your campus for all sources of information. And this is the place where, you know, the campus map and the GPS, you know, location against the campus map, the sporting events, et cetera. You know, we've got a product that really supports mobile community. Now, the, the new thing that we've had there, we've had a lot of demand, you know, for help in strategic consulting around setting up the mobile strategy, you know, for campuses. I'm happy to announce that this is an area where we were not able to help, you know, uh, significantly in that way, you know, a year ago. Happy to announce we have just expanded our consulting organization where we do now have that expertise in-house. So those of you who are interested in building out uh, a campus-wide mobile strategy, we have, you know, professionals that can help you. Now, the second thing is in the mobile use of uh, learn. This is where we've, we've, we've made a, a very large announcement in the past year of a special relationship we have with Sprint. Now, there's some folks from Sprint here. Can we give a wave? Uh, you know, uh, there we go. So, again, this is an area where I think a lot of questions uh, about this and just want to let you know we've got resource that will also be around for Q&A and in the, 
in the meet Blackboard you know, room uh, just after, but I have to say this is an area where very pleased to go to market with a player who's you're just such a well-known and, and respected brand in this area. They have, they have allowed us to get from you know, doing a, a very small experiment on the iPhone to you know, helping us deliver uh, a, a very high-quality application on every device, in particular Android, uh, you know, which is a, an area where you know, they're making quite, quite a splash with their new product. You know, and so uh, they've also supported uh, a differing business model. We know that you know, this is an area where some institutions are interested in licensing a piece of software directly from us. Sprint is also, uh, they've got programs that will actually subsidize the purchase of that, uh, our mobile learning software for your campus. So details uh, uh, available from our Sprint representative, uh, you know, and also Tim. Tim, you, you missed you before as a, a, a member of our Blackboard mobile team. So uh, on Blackboard Mobile, the, so the, the, you know, the, the news here is that we continue to expand the number of devices uh, that we are supporting with purpose-built apps. Uh, so Palm and Symbian are the new items that are being added to the list in addition to you know, iPhone, uh, Blackberry, and uh, you know, Android. Uh, and iPad. And then also just a, the, the area where you are going to begin seeing soon, you know, some fundamental improvements to what we have there uh, are really around uh, content and the use of content interactively from your smart device. So uh, those of you who've used our, our, our products so far know that it's, it's very heavy on the, uh, the notices and also getting to the gradebook. Getting to the gradebook is, you know, where we have this mobile technology in place. This is the number one thing that students are doing. Uh, but they are also, yeah, and of course, we, we, we would have guessed that uh, and, and looking at notices, but we know that they'd like to interact with their learning environment more richly. Next up is discussion forums, and you, here you see a quick screenshot of what that's going to look like. And then also, the thing of the, the type of mobile content creation that is just utterly unique to this type of device, the ability to take a movie or to take a photo and directly upload that at, into your assignments within Blackboard you know, is next up. You know, for us. So I think again, important new area where we're really capitalizing on the power of you know the mobile device. Uh, you know, working with Blackboard. So uh, and, and so I'll, I'll end here with a, an update on our uh, Wimba and Illuminate, uh, what we call Blackboard Collaborate. Um, uh, you know, organization. You know, and again, this is something we announced this past summer that. You know, we had acquired both Wimba and Illuminate, and we brought them together into a new organization called Blackboard Collaborate. And um, the first thing I'll say about that, and I'll sort of harken back to the fundamental story that I started with, you know, the this, this story of the business as usual, the, one of the things that was so attractive to us about both of these firms was the, the culture that they had built for client service. You know, they, are, they, they both enjoy very high degree of, uh, of client loyalty and, and support, and you know we are we are quite keen to make sure that that's maintained. You know, and that's one of the key reasons why we have kept this group uh, operating separately uh, from the rest of Blackboard. It, that we have combined those two uh, those two entities because they have very common problems and they have very similar approaches to solving those problems. We now are looking for the you know the the benefits of bringing them together and allow it, allowing them to invest in fewer things together and to bring the best of what both of those companies had, you know, as an offering. So, but again, on, on the rationale for us and why we went to this area and why we are so bullish, you know, on this particular area, it's just, look, from an academic point of view, we believe that wherever there's more collaboration, there is a better result, you know, and, and so in addition to just looking at you know, the, the tools that we can provide. We're also looking at how can we better, in, uh, how can we help you improve the quality of engagement from student to student, from student to faculty, and this collaboration, you know, is really the linchpin there. And so here we had the two most successful building block partners that we had, both working in that space and both working across this, this range of areas in the, you know, in the academy where uh, a collaboration made sense. You know, now I'll, I will, you know, I think, I think it, it's well known that these are technologies that you can use to deliver online lectures. But I think the other thing that, that is a trend that we are seeing and that we believe is going to grow much more quickly, you know, uh, in the coming years is also collaboration between faculty on building course content. 
know, this too is a problem that where one of the impediments is bringing people together in that time and space dimension that, you know, the, the peer online tools have helped on. You know, so, so it, it's really interesting that the number of places that are beginning to adopt this technology rather than, say, WebEx. You know, it's sort of interesting, we, you know, there's been a category of software for, you know, for online courses, and it's just now, people are just now beginning to understand that these technologies can also be used for, you know, collaboration between faculty. Uh, and whatnot. So that's another um, a major new area that we are looking at. And of course, we're also looking at how we can best integrate these uh, products together and also into the Blackboard Learn experience. So I do have a little bit of a preview uh, for uh, 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 what we're envisioning for bringing these two products together. So, uh, so I will I also introduce just our internal uh, uh, code name here. We've got code, or Project Gemini is the bringing together of Wimba and Illuminate. And, and again, I think this is a, a, an area where the, the headline is best of both. You know, for those of you who've looked at these two technologies, you know, we've, we've so often heard from people, well, I like this element from Wimba and I like this element from Illuminate. So our challenge is to bring those two things together. You know, and here's a, here's a couple of screenshots from what we've currently got, you know, mocked up and what we're building towards. And, and, and what we announced this past week at Educause was a phase one of this project, Gemini, which is really bringing these two, these two technologies together, will culminate by the end of 2011. And then thereafter, there's, a, there's another series of announcements that I'll leave for Maurice and his team uh, to further amplify about other changes to core technology to help improve both the scalability you know, and, and, and the efficiency of these technologies. But I think what you can see on this, you know, for those of you who know these products, um, the, uh, I'll just say a couple of things. The whiteboard will really be sourced from the Wimba uh, whiteboard. The instant messenger uh, will be, uh, here we go, uh, will be uh, what's Wimba Pronto. The chassis for the online classroom will be an updated version of the Illuminate classroom and, and the operations around that. And what you see here, I've got a a screen mock-up that is a, as it, what's it, what was is really interesting as we were talking to both of these companies, they were both undergoing a major design overhaul as they were trying to come out with their next generation products. So the timing on bringing them together was actually was very fortuitous. They both had the hood up and were really looking at the, at the redesign. And, but you can see, you know, you can, for those of you who know the products, you can see a significant, significant contribution to both of those, you know, what you see here quickly on the, on these screenshots. You know, but I, I just think it's a, uh, the, the things like, one of the things that I think is just best about this is there have been, uh, example, uh, different approaches to video streaming. Wimba had higher quality, but also much more expensive in terms of bandwidth streaming for video. Illuminate had lower quality, but more scalable, uh, you know, options. Some clients liked one, some clients liked the other, but this is one of those cases where you really need both. You know, and so we're bringing both of those together to support this chassis. There are a number of things that fit into that category, you know, uh, for these technologies. So we're really, really excited about what's coming uh, uh, in, in, in terms of these two. And then, um, finally, uh, how we're going to integrate this new platform into Blackboard Learn. And so uh, this is the first time that I have shown the screen, um, but here's what's coming. Uh, on, on our roadmap, as this new platform, you know, for phase one of Gemini comes together, we will be integrating it more deeply into the Blackboard Learn experience on NG. And one of the first applications we'll do will be around supporting uh, online office hours. And so today, you can use these products independently and, and create online office hours. Tomorrow, you will be able, just like any other tool within Blackboard, to schedule these and to have that linkage created at just that right time, and also to be able to, if you are teaching multiple courses and you may want to have, you know, online office hours that are shared across those, we will also be supporting that mechanism. So another key thing for this is when you really do online office hours, you also know when you have a multitude of students who are arriving at once, you know, that you then have a problem of queuing. You know, and how do you manage a queue and bring certain numbers of those students into your office hours for a private session and, and, and similarly message to those about sort of wait time, et cetera, you know, for those who are in queue. And we're working hard now to solve that problem. So you can expect to see that from us, you know, in the near future.
So anyhow, so I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm just at time, uh, you know, on this one. So I've rambled on a little longer, you know, than I expected. But I, I hope I've left you with a sense, you know, that Blackboard is an organization that is uh, both listening to uh, your needs and also uh, responding to uh, 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 the pressures that you have and uh, uh, on, on the changing pattern of student use of this technology, you know, and on the demands that your faculty and the rest of the environment places on you. So thank you very much for listening to me. I will be in the, uh, along with the others uh, from Blackboard and our partners in this uh, little reception area, you know, just following to take some Q&A. So thank you very much. All right, with that, uh, three, six.